When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. Want to say hello to all the wonderful Pewter people that are just filing into the chat and watching the show as we get rolling. We're going to preview the Bucks versus the Panthers and talk about every aspect, especially of this Buccaneers team, that they lose this game, everything is off the handle. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me. It's my fellow colleague from PeterReport.com and the face that runs the place around these parts. That is SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are we doing? Doing great, Matt. Um, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this one. I'm pretty confident the Bucks are going to beat the Panthers this are Sunday. We I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm, I feel pretty confident. I'm, I, I think... I think we're going to get a W this week for, for the pewter people out there. I do. I'm just over believing in the Bucks. You, week in and week you've out. been burned before. We all have. <laughs> so yes. It's completely yes. understandable. I'm, uh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'm angry at myself more than anything else. <laughs> then uh, Got to look in the, the mirror, Bucks. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to hold myself accountable. Yes. Not many people on the Buccaneers at least want to step up. Right. And, uh, and take some blame. but You know what, man? If, if I can stop you right there, because yeah. that was very profound, what you just said. And, you know, um, it goes to something Todd Bowles said today that, um, you know, that, that is, is really important about, and he's done a good job of, of saying that the leaders have kind of kept this team together, right? Yeah. And there was a question that was asked today. Uh, and maybe you asked that I, I wasn't there. I had another business matter to attend to, but it um, feels like something you would ask when, when he asked if there was a sense of complacency with this team, I'd say that that's either a Matt Matera question or a Rick Stroud question. Um, Cause you both uh, ask very good uh, questions. Thank you. Um, uh, do you remember who said that? I think JC actually. Okay. Maybe JC Allen. Allen. That's, that's, that's a JC Allen question too. I yeah. give him credit for that. Um, and this is what Bull said. There's no complacency. There's just youth. It's accountability. You, you've got to bring one along. Everybody's playing hard, but until they start being accountable for each other, and I've told them this, we won't turn this corner until they start being accountable for each other on the field. And, and that kind of goes to what I wrote about in Monday's two-point conversion, where Bulls has got to hold them accountable as the head coach, right? He decides who plays and who doesn't and how much, right? And I don't think that he's done a great job of that, i.e., um, you know, Ryan Neal playing too much, et cetera, right? Being slow to make some of these, yeah. these uh, personnel decisions, not getting Yaya Diaby right into the starting lineup sooner. Um, because maybe JTS is a guy that functions better with, with fewer snaps. I mean, he had a pretty solid game. He had a sack in that game. So maybe – Maybe he's forced to do more with less snaps. 
But it was really interesting, that last part of, of what he said, and I'm not absolving Bowles for any of the blame because the buck stops with him as the head coach. But he said, everybody's playing hard, but until they start being accountable for each other, and I've told them this, this is Bull saying this, mm-hmm. we won't turn this corner until they start being accountable for each other on the field. And that goes to the team captains. That goes to what you and I talked about on Monday's show. We're not going to rehash it, but we're going to mention it again. No Jason Pierre-Paul, no Warren Sapp, no Ndamukong Sue, no Hardy Nickerson, no guy that's going to kind of rule with an iron fist and demand the accountability. I think there's a lot of nice guys on this Buccaneer team that are captains. I think there's a lot of guys that are very good players that have the C on their chest, but I don't know that there's that one guy that is going to take the the risk of being the bad guy and getting in somebody's face and calling them out and demanding that accountability. I just don't see it from the personality makeup of the team captains that are currently on this team. Yeah, and when you look at a locker room in general, not even specifically the Bucs, but just all across the league, you know, there are over 70 players on this team between the the active roster and the practice squad. And you're going to have different personalities all over the board. Not every single person is going to be best friends. And But you need some cohesion in that locker room and different types of leaders, to your point. They have a lot of lead-by-example guys. Yes. You – and they have a lot of smiling, good mood. Positive rah-rah. Positive you know. guys, which are needed on this team. Yes. The Bucks right now in their locker room have too many good cops and no bad Bingo. Cops. Sometimes you need the bad cop. Sometimes exactly. you need a jerk. And maybe yeah. not like a jerk in everyday life. I'm sure there's yeah. some really nice people that hold the door open for others and things like that. But sometimes you need that jerk to be like, no. Let's cut it out right now. Let's cut yeah. it out and focus on this. Or, yep. hey, man, you got to pick your stuff up because I'm doing this over here. We can't get it done because you're not able to get to right. the pass rusher. Even if Carlton Davis right now wants to be like, what the hell, pass rush? You guys don't even get remotely close to the quarterback. Yeah. So Gardner Minshew has all day to throw. And yeah. on the flip side, it'd be like, what the hell, secondary? Why are you mm-hmm. lining up 20 yards down the field? And yeah. so, you know, it, it's almost like, Scott, sometimes you might have two people that don't like each other. And maybe this is more like high school and stuff like that. And you you get in a fight with someone, you throw yeah. some punches, then you gain a little bit more respect for the other yeah. person, and you kind of no, almost no like each other after yeah. that. And it's almost like this: the the Bucks need to have a real hashing out type of moment exactly. because the I'm I'm tired, and I'm sure the fans are tired of the whole like we know that if we do this, this, and this, yeah. we can get it done. We know that we have talent in here. Well, the talent's not doing enough, and. Right. Antoine Winfield Jr. can do the speeches and all he wants. I need someone to like yell and scream and do something like that. And yeah. it can't come from Baker, who's still trying to build his own way into exactly. being a, a like a, a true starter. Because that's what he had with Brady last yeah. year. Brady could scream at guys, right? And he has the resume and stuff to do yes. it. And and, and, and he or Mike Evans that yeah, would be great. He all Brady also had aside from the the glorious resume, the six Super Bowl rings, the goat mentality, and all that. He also had a multi-year deal, right? Baker's coming here like Jeff Garcia came here, which is like a hired gun, like yes. one-year prove-it deal, you know, and it's like I, he's the team captain. He's probably probably the most uh, vocal, like if you look at his comments after the game, right, where he's where he said everyone needs to get pissed off, right, yeah. enough. And, and, and that 
He's inside the locker room saying what you and I are saying right now in this podcast, which is not enough guys are getting pissed off. They're kind of looking around the room at the other leaders and saying, who wants to be the bad guy? Not me. And it's like sometimes you need to be the bad guy. Yeah. And the thing is, is it's not the bad guy to you know start a fist fight, but there's nothing wrong with some yelling and screaming and hashing it out like you said. Because at the end of the day, any type of criticism you're going to lobby at a teammate is for what? The greater good the good yes. of the team to get better. I want you to play better, Carlton. I want you to rush the passer better, Shaq, right? It's it's all for, like, I want you to succeed so the team succeeds, right? Yes. And and however that comes out, but being positive and rah-rah while you're losing six of, of the last seven games isn't getting it done. So there is some merit to what Todd Bowles said. You don't want finger-pointing. You don't want division in the locker room, but it's okay to hash it out and to – be demonstrative and to, to demand accountability, right? And it's like, like yeah. um, you know, I, I remember um, Warren Sapp, you know, and when, when he first got here in 1995, he was a rookie, first-round draft pick. Did he have clouts? Uh, he was a first-round pick, right? He was, uh, you know, the, the stud defensive player coming out in the draft that year, and he miraculously fell to Tampa Bay. And immediately he identified Eric Curry, who was a first-round pick, I think I want to say like in 92, maybe 93, um, as as someone who was lazy and just not very good. Yeah. And like Sap went to Sam Weish or whoever the defensive coordinator was at the time and just said, what is this bum doing in the starting lineup? Like this is a rookie yeah. who was like not afraid to say he sucks. Why is he playing next to me? Right. And it's like, and I'm paraphrasing, but like th that was the gist of it. And it's like, where's that guy? Where's the guy that's like, you're not good. You shouldn't be in the starting lineup. Not saying that to the player's face, but saying it to the coach, right? Or yeah. having it having in a team meeting saying, hey, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to use the name here, but hey, how many more touchdowns are you going to give up? Right? Yeah. Uh, and I, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's that's what's needed to create the change necessary in the lineup in the yeah. mentality and on the field and the level of play, Matt. And we'll, we'll get to Mark Fisher's uh, super chat in just a second. But the last thing I'll say about this is that's where you almost kind of wish. And I, I'm not going to compare Todd Bowles to Bruce Arians because it's yeah. two different coaches, two different ideologies and everything like that. But that's where you wish Todd would at least dip his toe into the water of calling yes. out someone specifically, yes. because you may not have, that type of guy in the locker room, everything that we talked about, holding others accountable or just right. trying to get people to amp their game up. But if Todd could just ignite the fuse, you know, be the one to have the lighter and start lighting the firework yeah. or to be the person to stir the pot. I think they just need that first, that first initial rush, that first initial push. And then others will be like, oh, wow. Well, if, if Todd yeah. Bowles just called out Devin White, then right. anyone can get it. And then I think if the, if, with, if the gloves are off, this would help yeah. this team specifically. But uh, yeah. let's get to the Super Well, chat. I, I was going to say, everything you said, like, Matt, you couldn't have said it better. You, Thank you. Spot on everything. The the one thing I'll add, too, is is um, I, growing up um, when I was a little kid in the, in the northern Virginia area, Washington Redskins fan, that was like my first team. Cause I didn't know any better, but, but I was and Joe Gibbs, right. Who was actually the first offensive coordinator here in Tampa um, on the History. initial coaching staff. So there's some, you know, relevancy to what I'm saying, but when he became Washington's head coach, 
he looked like an accountant, right? I mean, the glasses, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the parted hair, just, he didn't look like a football coach, but obviously won a lot of games, had a lot of respect, but kind of a mild mannered guy, a little stern, but kind of mild mannered. Well, they were losing one time and I forget what year this was. They were losing at Philadelphia big time. The Eagles were up by like three touchdowns or something to that effect, maybe 17 points. And he goes in at halftime. And instead of giving a halftime speech, there was all like there's a big table with Gatorade, right? All the cups filled with Gatorade. He walks in there, flips over the Gatorade table, right? And just says, you know, what kind of horse crap is this? You know, or whatever he said. Yeah. And then walked out. That was it. That was it. And that was so out of character for him to do something like that. So demonstrative, it lit a fire. And the Redskins came back and they beat the Eagles in the second half of that game. And that's what you're talking about, Matt. It's sometimes doing something a little out of character, ignite the fire, yeah. light the spark, and see what happens. You know, maybe you get burned, <laughs> you know, but maybe you maybe you light well, the you've fire lost to get six to go on. Seven, Scott. Like what they're already getting burned. It, it's yeah. almost like uh, in another sport. Like sometimes in baseball or basketball, you'll see the coach get ejected, and yeah. the, or hockey, you start or a fight. It's, it's the T in, in basketball. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Hockey, you you drop the gloves, you get the boys back into it. Right, right. Uh, I'm not I'm not recommending Todd Foles get ejected <laughs> from a game. I don't even know like has a coach been ejected from a game before. That's a good, good Who's question. that Ohio State or Michigan po- coach that punched a player back? Oh, there? that was uh, yeah, gosh, Way Ohio back State. Uh, Woody Hayes. Woody yeah, Hayes. yeah, I knew, yeah. yeah, I knew it was yeah. like a famous coach. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I don't know because. I don't want to rehash this uh, saga from Bucks fans where they just get pissed that Todd is on the sideline. And for those listening to audio, you won't get this part. But Todd yeah. just be on the sideline like this. Right. Arms after crossed. After a play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When nothing happens. The only other reaction you see from Todd when he's like, come on. Yeah. Come on. Like, that's not a foul. Come on. Right. Like, I don't know. Sometimes you get the feeling that Todd, he loves his guys. He loves teaching these guys. Yeah, but does he want to fight with them? Like, does he right. want to be in the trenches fighting with his guys? You see it with other coaches. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't get that from Todd too much. But um, yep. Shout out to Mark Fisher for the super chat. Thank you very much for the four ninety nine super chat. Uh, he says the problem is that if we win this week, it means nothing. If we lose, it means everything. Uh, hope y'all have a great week. Thank you very much for the kind words. Um, I wouldn't say it, it doesn't mean anything, though, because, again, if they win, that gets them still in the race for the NFC South division. Whether right. or not you agree that the Bucks should compete yeah. or just keep tanking, it does keep them in the discussion to make the postseason. It yeah. means a lot to Todd Bowles because yeah. that gives him another week to try to save his job by putting on a winning display of football. So I don't think it means nothing by any means. and. I, I think across the board, like Levante David didn't practice again. I know yeah. Sebastian Dennis got sent home because of illness, but yeah. you know, it means something to the young guys that are getting more playing time. Mm-hmm. Each week is very valuable to all these rookies and, and young players. And you know, the Bucks will have to decide on Mike Evans. And if he keeps scoring touchdowns week in and week <laughs> yeah. out, it's going to make it tougher not to re-sign him. So that's right. You obviously want to win, but whether it's win or lose, I think either way, this is uh, still really important for future yeah. decisions for the Bucks. It is, and it, what what gives me a little bit of of hope maybe is the Panthers. They've got the worst team uh, in oh, yeah. in the the league, and they've got the the worst roster. Like there's just not a lot of talent on the roster, right? I mean, I'm yeah. going to give you an example here. I'm going to pull up the the statistics um, for the Panthers. I had it here, and I closed it out. Okay, so here we go. So 
if you look at the Panthers, all right, you can look at Bryce Young. He's been sacked 40 times, 40, okay? So that's the offensive line he, he has to, to play behind. He's thrown nine touchdowns, eight interceptions, right? Plus he's had some fumbles. If you look at his weapons, and, and, and I use that term loosely because yes. I don't think he has any weapons, but Adam Thielen is the leading receiver, 33-year-old Adam Thielen out there, man. He's running around <laughs> catching the ball, you know. He's averaging 9.5 yards per catch, right? That's, that's not good. And he has 77 catches for 728 yards. He has four touchdowns. He's the leading touchdown guy for the Panthers. The next receiver on the list, right? And, and this is in terms of yards. It's also in terms of catches, okay? Uh, the next guy on the list is rookie Jonathan Mingo with 28 catches, Thielen has 77. Mingo has 28. That's like 49 less catches for 286 yards. That's almost, it's about 450 yards less. And he has no touchdowns and he's averaging 10.2 yards per catch. So, and then you have DJ Chark, 20 catches, 263 yards, three touchdowns, yeah. a 13.1 yard average. If you, it didn't get any better. It gets worse in terms of the number of catches and all that. So basically what I'm saying is if you want to stop the Panthers offense, stop old man Adam Thielen because he's about all they have in the red zone and outside the red zone. That's how bad the Panthers are. So you go back and you look at at uh, DeAndre Hopkins, right? And and Derrick Henry, two way better weapons that the Titans had at their disposal with the rookie quarterback and, and Will Levis, who might actually be a better quarterback than Bryce Young. Yeah. The Buccaneers that day, Matt, won that game at home 20 to 6. Yep. And and I'd like to think that when you look at the fact that they gave up 39 points at Houston, 27 points at San Francisco, 27 points at Indianapolis, what is the common denominator in all three of those games? The word at, meaning not home, not versus, but at. So I'm hopeful for the Buccaneers and for their fans, for the pewter people out there, that this team puts on a show at home, they feel better playing in the, the hospitable confines of Raymond James, which has not been an automatic win at home. In their white jerseys. In their white jerseys. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> well well said. But I, I just think that, that they've been on the road, and that 39, that 27, that 27, I think that number comes down on the defensive side, depending on who's out there. And we'll get into the injury report probably here in just a second, Matt. But I just have a feeling that – that they can do this. They really, really, really can do this. And if they don't, God help them. <laughs> First of all, let's. I, I want to give a shout out to Adam Thielen because I don't know how much longer he wants to keep playing. Right. Um, I don't know what his contract is with the Panthers, but if he's a free agent after the season, if I'm his agent, I'm going, listen, he did this for the Panthers, <laughs> right. the worst team in the league. Yeah. Can you imagine what he could do for your team as like exactly. the third or fourth option? So shout out to Adam Thielen. To your point though, Scott, I mean – you go back to that Titans game. Jamel Dean played his best game of the season yep. against DeAndre Hopkins and got the better of him in a lot of one-on-one -on -one opportunities yep. also because the pass rush was finally working in that right. game. And they also shut down Derrick Henry. They did not let Derrick Henry be a factor at right. all, and therefore the Titans weren't able to move the football. Now, I say all of that because <laughs> last year and when Brady was mostly there, they, they clobbered the Panthers. But yeah. even last season, after they traded away – uh, Christian McCaffrey yeah. it was, hey, well, as long as they stop Curtis Samuel, right, they are going to be A-OK. -okay. 
And yeah. then Curtis Samuel went off in that game. Uh, yeah. DJ Moore. Is who you're DJ talking Moore. About. Yeah, yeah. I don't DJ know why Moore. I got yeah. Samuel on the mic. Yeah, DJ Moore. Apologies. Well, Jesus, and and Devontae Foreman Moore. went off. And Chuba yeah, Hubbard yeah. went off. It was crazy. You know, yeah. Tommy Tremble, the rookie tight end slash fullback, he had a touchdown on Zion McCollum. So but crazy. yeah, that, that's the point I want to make yeah. is that DJ last year was like, hey, they still got DJ Moore. That's about yeah. it with PJ Walker. Todd Bowles knew this. Larry Foote <laughs> knew this. Casey <laughs> well Rogers said. knew this. And yet still, it was DJ Moore that was running rampant against yeah. the uh, against the Bucs. And he did it again in the rematch. Obviously, the Bucs won that game, so people don't really remember it. But DJ Moore had another good game against uh, the Bucs in that rematch in Raymond James Stadium. So yep. they know the job in front of them. It's just yep. whether or not they actually will uh, – yeah. We'll pull it out. Um, we and, and who's out there? We'll do the super chat, then we'll get to the injury report, yes. which just came out. Yeah, sounds good. Um, the Buck Standard, thank you for a $10 super chat, says, thank are you. the Glazers telling Light to prioritize nice guy players, or is it 100% up to Light and the head coach? Uh, I hope they switch it up next season. Eagles look for dogs. Niners look for bullies. <laughs> Bucks look <laughs> for Boy Scouts. Well, there's Boy Scout Boulevard or whatever yeah. it is. Uh, the answer to that is no. I think Jason Light looks for players that love football, right? And you can love football. Antoine Winfield loves football. Great player. Levante David loves football. Great player. Baker Mayfield loves football. You know, certainly a a very good free agent option for the Buccaneers given their budget this year. Yeah. So uh, they've got a lot of players that, that love the game and that's important. You don't want a guy that, that likes football, that likes the paycheck, but not the play. Right. Um, and sometimes when you pay guys, that mentality kind of creeps in and there's no way of knowing that when they come out of college, right? Uh, when they're hungry, they want to make, you know, they want to get that Super Bowl, They want to get their, their, their big time contract. Sometimes years later, the complacency sets in when you check those boxes off in your career. Yeah. And, and, and that, that's, you, you, you can't know that there's certain guys, Rondé Barber was one of them. We can go through all the hall of famers. The Bucks have had all the legends in the, in the Bucks ring of honor, the Mike Allstotts. They love the game of football, and it didn't matter how much you paid them or how long that contract extension was or if they won a Super Bowl already. It didn't matter. You're still going to get their best because they're great players. So Jason Light looks for great players first and foremost. In terms of the nice guy thing, we talked about it on Monday. I'm not going to go too deep into it. They're harder to find in this day and age. Guys with an edge, right? guys that have that kind of surly mentality that you need. You need to have that one prickish player out of the other leaders. It's important. It's a, it's a dynamic. He's looked for it. Jason Pierre-Paul had it in New York, so he imported it, right? Um, he signed it with Ndamukong Sue. Gerald McCoy was the nicest guy in the world. He was too nice, according to Buccaneer yeah. fans. And the McCoy fans were losing their mind when Jason Light cut him and brought in Ndamukong Sue, who, who only missed games in the NFL, not due to injury, but due to suspensions for stepping on people, That's kicking badass. them, stopping them. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, no, he likes those players. He gravitates towards those players. Um, it's just they're hard to find. And, and then you got to find, okay, is, is this the kind of guy that's going to come in and be uh, a jerk in the locker room or help me be a good leader? Like Deshaun Jackson was not the best teammate. Congrats. I was thinking about Deshaun yeah. Jackson. Congrats on his retirement, by the that's way. Right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Exactly. But he was kind of the selfish 
prickish type player. Yeah. Not not the type of guy that's going to positively impact your team and be a leader. Sometimes you you get that with the wide receiver position. It's it's a, it's a diva position. Thankfully, though, Chris Godwin's a guy that loves football. Mike Evans is a guy that loves football. So Light does a good job of trying to find those guys, but it's just getting harder and harder to find the guys with the old school throwback mentality um, of the Hardy Nickerson, Warren Sapp, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Dominican Sues. They don't grow on trees, and I just think that with all of the the internet, the hype, the five star virus, yeah, it, me on Insta, the kids these days, man. I tell you, yeah, it's just <laughs> they're getting harder to find. But it is something that I've had conversations with Jason about. He's always on look out lookout for. They're just getting harder to find. But it's it's a needed trade here in Tampa. Yeah, uh, let's get to the injury report. Starting out yeah. with the Buccaneers, and remember they practice indoors today, which I was quite thankful for. It was a bit chilly today. Yeah. Um, and they did the same thing, no helmets or pads, just T-shirt and shorts. So uh, essentially a walkthrough. Actually, yep. it is a walkthrough. They said it themselves. But uh, anyway, starting off with Levante David, groin did not participate. Carlton Davis' ankle was limited. Jamel Dean, ankle and foot, did not participate. Sarasier Dennis did not participate. They sent him home because of an illness. Yaya Diaby was limited with an ankle. Mike Green uh, was out once again with that calf injury, did not participate. Remember, he didn't play. Last game as well. Baker Mayfield, full participation and uh, with go. that ankle. And Devin White, limited with a foot injury. Now, it was tough to um, see what was up with Baker because it was the walkthrough. When I saw him, he was all the way on the other side of the field um, with the lineman. You could see him because he's got that bright orange quarterback jersey yeah. that, that the Bucs wear in practice. And he just had his, he had his arms folded the whole time like this. Mm-hmm. Had his arms crossed. Quite difficult to tell whether or not he was actually uh, doing anything, but they do have him as uh, fully participating. I'll go down the Panthers quickly because they yeah, have a, a lot. Yeah. Von Bell, shoulder, did not participate. Jeremy Chin, quad, limited participation. Johnny Hecker, the punter, personal, uh, did not participate. Yator Gross Matos, I remember covering him during the yep. draft process. Uh, with the hamstring, was limited. Marquise Haynes, senior back, did not participate. C.J. Henderson, Concussion, fully participated. J.C. Horn, hamstring limited. Hayden Hurst, concussion, did not participate. D.J. Johnson, elbow limited. Cade Mays, the guard, ankle limited. Tyler, uh, sorry, Taylor Moton, knee rest, did not participate. And the rest of these players also did not participate. LaVisca Chenault, Adam Thielen, Tommy Tremble, and Chandler Zavala. So, yep. uh yeah, laundry list of names for the And with Thielen, it's a rest because he's yeah, 33 years old. He's yeah. an old man. <laughs> so. Damn. Uh, let's keep it going with these Super Chats. We got Meets McGee with a $5 yep. Super Chat. Thank you, Meets, says. Before Arians, I mentioned that we didn't have enough A-holes on it. McCoy helped players up and apologizing to Big Ben. When you yep. said McCoy being a nice guy, the first thing I thought of was <laughs> when he hit somebody, yeah. goes, my bad, Ben. My yeah. bad, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't love seeing Warren Sapp would never, you know. No. And I don't think Kalisha Kansi would would apologize either. I, I think Kalisha's somewhere in between Gerald and. I mean, and we Warren, literally saw good. Warren Sapp blindside Brett Favre and then talk smack with the coach yeah. as they were running to the tunnel. So yeah, put yeah. a jersey on. Put a jersey yeah. on. Yeah, uh, to Ray Sherman. That was um, 
that was something else. Uh, this this isn't super chat, but it, it kind of goes to it. I, I do want to address this because this is fair. Callie Buck said, we talked about Bull's silent demeanor weeks ago. We were told it's not a big deal. Now you guys agree that Bull should express himself more. Uh, to be fair, the context of which I was talking about it was such that Tony Dungy was mild-mannered, right? He had yeah. the stoic face, crossed arms and all that, and he won because he had other lieutenants, including the likes of Sapp and Nickerson on those teams, and Herm Edwards, right, who was kind of like that lieutenant. He was the the uh, the ash chewer of the coaching staff at the time. And, and I think every staff needs that. Sometimes it's the head coach. That was John Gruden. Sometimes it's the head coach. That was Bruce Arians. If that's not going to be Todd Bowles, there's got to be that guy on the staff that is that way, that is kind of like the enforcer, the the guy that's going to chew you out if the head coach isn't. And I don't know that there's that guy, Matt. And that's what that's what I'm saying. If it doesn't come from the head coach or the staff and it's not coming from the guys with the C's in their chest, and there's not a guy like a JPP or Indomitian Sue who never had a C on their chest but still felt the need to stand up and say something and get in guys' face and demand accountability – then, th- then that's where the whole stoic, the whole arms crossed, the whole silent demeanor, th- that doesn't work. And that's what we've seen here down the stretch. Right. And, and that's where the scenario kind of plays it out. The, the, they say the winners write the history books. The, yeah. the winners tell the, the story. And when the Bucks were three and one, it's like, ah, Todd's chilling. Todd's got it. You know, he's right. chilling. He's having a good time. Now you've lost six to seven. So it's like, hey, well, you chilling out hasn't been working so maybe try something different if they had one six to six of seven cross your arms wear your sunglasses do whatever the hell you want because i was with tony dungy yeah but when you're losing it's not a good look it's 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 the other way around too if you have a coach that's screaming the whole time greg shiano and then you you lose six or seven it's like wow this guy's a maniac he should pull it back a little bit so (laughs) you know it, it it is a little bit of winning tells your story in a better light. And when you're right. losing, you pinpoint all the issues rather yeah. than focusing on on what's working. But I know what works for me when I need a little pick-me-up, when I need a little bit of a boost. And what works for me will probably work for you as well because I'm talking about Celsius Energy Drinks, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Check out all their great flavors. Their newest one is the Cosmic Vibe. I'm also a huge fan of the Oasis Vibe. The sparkling orange pomegranate, sparkling orange, sparkling watermelon, a lot of sparkling, but also a lot of great vibes as well. The Arctic vibe is my personal favorite. Shout out. Get it as soon as you can, which if you need to know how to get it as soon as you can, go to the Celsius store locator, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can have a Celsius and go purchase one. It could be a 7-Eleven, a Walmart, a health and fitness store. Or if you're lucky enough, it might just be your bodega. Bodega. And once you keep going to your bodega and you know you love Celsius and you're like, hmm, this is good. There's a lot of great flavors. Can I get it in bulk? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, you can. That's when you go over to uh, Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, get it in bulk. I'd recommend that variety pack because variety spice of life, a lot of awesome flavors. Um, And you can have it sent to your residence whenever you want. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. You're Charles in charge. You're the captain. Maybe you're the captain that the Bucks need to set other <laughs> people right. straight and tell them how to get better and play better. Uh, but nonetheless, in this case, just make sure Celsius is your number one pick. Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. 
Uh, Kelly Buck shares uh, the sentiments of a lot of Buccaneer fans, a lot of pewter people. I can't believe the Bucs started three and one. I was so hopeful. Yep. Uh, you know, that's just how it is. I'm the captain now. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, got a couple um, super yeah. chats to get to. Second royalty with the dollar ninety nine super chat says Andy Dalton balled coming yep. off the bench. He did. If you look at his stat line from um, from his appearances, he played in in uh, in three games total. But when when Bryce Young missed, I think uh, he missed one game, one start. But um, so far this year, Dalton has completed fifty eight point six percent of his passes. Not great. But two touchdowns, no interceptions, and he's thrown for 361 yards. Uh, again, two TDs, no interceptions, sacked three times. Bryce Young sacked 40 times, nine touchdowns, eight interceptions. Doesn't have a lot to work with. Um, you know, there were knocks on his game coming out of Alabama, and some of that was, wow, he had all of these NFL caliber wide receivers to throw yeah. to, right? Uh, is he a product of a system, or is he the, the the guy that stirred that drink? Is he the straw that stirred that drink? Yeah. Um, you know, you could look at that too, right? C.J. Stroud had you know plenty of of stud receivers at at Ohio State. Sometimes doesn't matter who you play with, you're you're going to stand out and shine, and you're going to star. And I think C.J. Stroud is that guy. He's made guys like Nico Collins and Tank Dell and yeah. Noah Brown look really really good. Uh, Bryce Young though. We'll see if he gets some better weapons, better blocking, what he can become. But Matt, he's so small. He is yeah. he's the outlier when it comes to size. And he almost has to operate behind shotgun exclusively because we've seen it with Baker Mayfield getting two, three passes batted down the line of scrimmage every game, right? And and you just wonder, um, is this guy, can he be Russell Wilson-esque? Right. Or is he just going to be a guy that's simply just too small and not good enough to play? And boy, the Panthers traded up to get him. They don't yeah. have a first round pick this year. He has got to work for this franchise. Otherwise, uh, he and that owner, David Tepper, are going to set the, the Carolina Panthers back years. They will they will forever be the cellar dweller in the NFC South. Yeah, they will. Uh, I do feel bad for Bryce Young a little bit because it is one of those things like if you put C.J. Stroud on the Panthers, like how much better is Stroud and, and, and things of that nature. But it is a rough look when you, you know, when they uh, when they put yeah. you together there. Bob's uh, Bob Bubalis says uh, there's a better chance of seeing Yaya Diaby drinking a Celsius at your local bodega than seeing the Bucks win so true. this week. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, there is a home game. Yaya, I guess, could technically yeah. fly to the Northeast on Friday night and then fly back Saturday. And yep. go to Bodega. Um, what was the last thing I want to say about the uh, the Panthers and and Bryce Young? Yeah, I just feel like Bryce Young, like he's gonna snap in half. Like it's I know. Big. And yeah. but to be fair, I I didn't love Tua either as like a product Agreed. coming out yep. of uh, out of out of Alabama. Totally and agree. Even and the first is. couple of seasons, you're like, wow, he's injury prone. Right. Like he's not bad when he's healthy, but he's yep. not healthy that much. Great and, point, man. Um, and two has turned it around all to his credit credit to Mike McDaniel as well. So I think it's way too early just to, yeah. to close the book completely on Bryce young. It, it yeah. isn't what it is. Everyone will be like, Oh, remember Peyton Manning. He was terrible as a rookie. Yep. So you know, yeah. just keep yeah. that in mind. We're, we're not, we're not saying that he's destined for, for six, for failure. Um, but, but a great point about Tua. Like he's got to have that type of turnaround to make it worth it for this franchise to have traded up to get him and, and essentially, you know, be, two first round picks um and and uh 
I, I don't know. I, I just don't see the specialness. Now, I saw it firsthand in the Sugar Bowl last year when Alabama kicked my Kansas State team's butt. Yeah. He was phenomenal. <laughs> but how many times have we seen great college quarterbacks be just that, great in college? and not be able to transcend to the NFL. So It's just funny because uh, the Panthers could really use a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. next season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on offense. And they yeah, don't have and they don't first round pick. pick. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Uh, let's get to this comment from Pico de Style Mutant, who says, this should be a good game for Yaya and Cansey. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. Like, two weeks ago, we're like, ah, Yaya, Kalash uh, Cansey, like, played well, but – didn't have as much of an impact against the Titans as he has other weeks, but that was the game where Yaya went off. And then last week, Yaya was relatively quiet, but Kalijah Kansi had the big sack at the uh, yep. at the end of the game. It's just a, it's just been great watching their progression. I mean, Kalijah and Vita are, you know, kicking ass yeah. and taking names. Oh yeah, I just yeah. like I'm already excited for next season. Just how they could look. I know. Fancy in year two. And yeah, you know, I don't see any signs of slowing down anytime the, soon. The, so. the great thing too, is if you look at all of the first round draft picks, defensive tackles that have ended up becoming a pro bowler in Tampa, eventually you look at Warren Sapp, guess how many sacks he had as a rookie back in 1995, three. You look at Gerald McCoy in 2009 or how many, or 2010, how many sacks did he have? Three, uh, his rookie season. Vita Vea in 2018, how many sacks did he have during his rookie season? Three. So Kalaja Kansi already at three, having missed essentially the first four games. Yeah. Off to a really good start historically. And we'll see how you know how he does in year two. But I had a conversation with him. He, he's got one eye. Actually, he's got both eyes on this season. He's not looking ahead too far. But he's already thought about how he's going to get better, not having to do the combine prep, the, yeah. the visits all around, the circuit, right? Where he, yeah, he wants to get stronger and bigger, and he's got a plan, and it, and I'll, I'll have that story for you on PeterReport.com here soon enough. But he's pretty excited about next year already as he continues to get better on a week-in, 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 week-out basis right now. I can only imagine what he can do next season. Cause even someone like Logan Hall, who we've criticized for not doing much this season, yeah. he came into the season looking fit, looking yeah. like great and in shape for everything that you just said about not having to do all the, the rookie stuff and yeah. being able to just focus on himself really. So mm -hmm. if, if Kalasha Kansi has that same type of build, I right. mean, obviously his potential is way more he, through the roof. You know what? We've been calling for Yaya Diaby, sorry, Yaya Diaby to get more playing time. Right. And he did. He, he was a starter on, on on Sunday, played the most amount of snaps he's ever played in the game, and really didn't produce. Just wasn't nah. his week, and he you know, had a nice tackle for loss, and that was about it, right? But sometimes those depth chart changes can spark a player. And yeah. with JTS, you go back and look. He, he had a solid game. He's been solid against the run, had a, had a, a, a gimme sack, but you know what? To his credit, he got it because he's missed some of those gimme sacks before. But – uh, he finally got benched, right? And he's, I agree, he's not like a great player, but um, maybe that's his role. Maybe he's going to do more with 30 snaps a game rather than playing 50 or 60 yeah. snaps. You know, that that's that's the thing you got to con consider too. Uh, shout out to Mark Fisher again for another 499 Super Chat. Thank you. He says, to clarify, talking about his other uh, comment earlier, to clarify, 
If we win, it's versus the worst team in the league. I'm not feeling different about the team. Falcons uh, also. Falcons game will also say a lot more about us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I don't think, like, even losing the Panthers, sure, you move closer to the top pick, but I don't see the Panthers winning more than three games this season if they yeah. even reach that point. So I I don't think the Bucs are even remotely close to yeah. being the uh, the number one overall pick. And, you know, that Falcons game, I'm it's probably going to pick the Falcons, but yeah. it is everything. It's everything, and yeah. It'll probably be uh, like 10 to 9 game or something. Like <laughs> Could be. I, I think these next two weeks will tell the entire tale of the season and put a period at the end of it. We're going to know in two weeks whether this team is still in it and still has a chance at the playoffs and at the NFC South title, or if we're just looking ahead to a top 10 draft pick for this team and a new head coach, right? Uh, but you don't have a chance of beating the Falcons unless you get a confidence building win at home against the Panthers. You're not going to go into Atlanta uh, having lost seven of eight games and, and beat the Falcons. It's not going to happen because this team will be deflated, demoralized, everything you will you will continue to see the downward spiral. This is the last stand. This is the the feel good, the get back, the hope, and 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 the uh, the mathematical chances, all that stuff. They ride on this game, and I think Matt, the Buccaneers don't just need to beat the Panthers. Yes, they got to beat it. It has to be twenty to six, like it was against the Titans, or or greater, to have any kind of momentum heading up to Georgia next week to have a chance at the Falcons. If, if they sneak by the Panthers, I, I still think it's absolutely over. I mean, I think it's over anyways, but but let's play it out and see what happens. The The win next week against the Falcons cannot happen unless they really take care of business and and get this thing right on both sides of the ball against the Panthers. On Scott, Scott, you read my mind. That was exactly what I was going to say, is that this needs to – this can't just be a win. This has to be a – pummeling type of game this yeah. has to be one where it's not stressful like the titans or how they went about beating the uh the, i was about to say the carolina saints the the new orleans saints yeah it's got to be that type of game right i don't think the bucks get much inspiration out of you know kicking a game winning field goal right. or the bucks defense gets a stop when when the panthers have the ball with a chance yeah. to win but they can't drive down the field or panthers miss a field goal it has to it the game cannot end with the Bucks winning, but everyone going, "Whew, that exactly. was close." Yep. No matter how, no matter how they do it, either the Bucks have a fourth quarter last drive, or however it goes, defensive they, stop or whatever. They yeah. got to win by double digits, pretty much. I agree. They, they got to win by. It could be twenty yeah. to ten. It could be. Has to be a feel good game. Like like yes. you, there's got to be a celebration in that locker room. It can't be a moment. It's got to be a we kicked their ass moment and. And it's like, okay, we can build on this. We have some confidence now. We stopped the losing, right? And we're, you know, we're we're gonna take this and we're gonna go back and, and get that that win that the Panthers stole from us here at Ray J. That's the mentality that this team has to have. But that mentality doesn't not occur without taking care of business against the Panthers. And I think they're gonna win. I just don't know how by how much. I could be a squeaker, but but for their sake, for the Bucks' sake, I hope that. That, that they do what you just talked about, which is have a convincing win and and go up there and keep it interesting, right? I mean, like yes. that's the whole thing. Let's the Bucks. The Bucks have to give onlookers, their fans, media, anybody that's watching them, 
they have to give, let's just start with their fans. They have to give their fans reason to believe that something different will happen the following week against the Falcons. Because if not, I wouldn't blame one fan for being like, well, this is what's going to happen. They're going to have bad penalties and drop the ball, and they're going to move the ball down the field until the drive gets nullified by something dumb that the offense does. Meanwhile, the defense won't be able to generate pressure unless they blitz blitz Devin White or Antoine Field Jr. And and the offense is going to be able to move down the field on the Bucs defense, never with the chunk play, all just seven yards after eight yards after nine yards. And that's how the Bucs are going to lose. Because we've seen this story. Oh, yeah. There's only been, what, 12, 13 games? We've seen the story a thousand times already. Uh, Meets McGee with the $2 Super Chat. Thank you again to Meets McGee. He says, how about Todd Munkin as head coach and Dennis Allen as defensive coordinator? I I take it some guys are coordinators, right? They just are. Like Todd Bowles, probably a better coordinator than than a head coach. That's really what his record says. I'm not trying to slander a coach. It just that's that you are what your record says you are. That that, I think Bill Parcell said that, Um, you know, you get what you deserve. That's what John Gruden said. It's just how it is, man. And, and uh, there are certain guys that are phenomenal position coaches. Like L- Rod Marinelli was one of the best position coaches I've ever seen. He, I, in, my, in my opinion, probably the best defensive line coach I've ever seen or had any type of being in the orbit of. Uh, was a good defensive coordinator, not a good head coach. The results are what they were. I win 16 Lions. Sorry. Yeah. I, you know, that's just it. But, um, uh, Munkin, I, I I think deserves a shot of being a head coach. I think he's a leader of men. I think that he brings a ton of experience from college, the innovation yeah. from college, working with young people too. Bingo, yeah. I mean, he's he just a year. He's a year removed from working with 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds. He understands the modern day NFL player because he was swimming in those circles, and he can work with veteran players because he's had success in Tampa Bay. It had a year in Cleveland working with Baker Mayfield with the Browns. And then, you know, most recently with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And also he's got a little bit of that. I don't give a damn attitude where yeah. like he could be grumpy at times and be like, I'm not going to put up with this crap. So you oh, know, yeah, with this, this, and this. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like the whole thing that he, we talked about this on the show when he was at Georgia and he's like, yeah, they say football is family, but it's business. Like he's, right. he's kind of a realist about things, which <laughs> is. I think is important. I agree. Um, let's get to the super chat from Justin Ballas, a four ninety nine super chat. Thank you, Justin, who says, "Does the coaching staff truly just not believe in Kyle Trask at all? They could not wait to get Baker back out there, even with his ankle." Yeah, I, I actually thought that Baker probably got rushed in a little bit too early, in yeah. my opinion. Um, I would have liked to see one drive for Kyle Trask, just so it could spark a little more discussion. Just out of curiosity, from, uh, right? The Baker group and the uh the Traskaholic. so uh yeah i mean again we've kind of said this before but no problem to reiterate it again baker's been average he's been fine he's been okay he's not the reason why the bucks have lost six to seven right um he's not the number one culprit for the bucks on the offensive side of the ball and their struggles so until it's a massive massive issue or they are so far out of the divisional race that they're really not playing for much anymore. That's really the only time you're going to see a change. Yep. You know, this is something here that I think Buccaneer fans are are grasping to, and I can't blame them. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and criticize your fandom, Peter people. You're going to either root for your team to win 
or you're going to root for t- for your team to have a better draft pick and a coaching change. I, I I get both sides of that coin. I do. So I'm I'm not going to sit there and and be one of these hosts that that bash you for how you think. Uh, John Stanley says I'd rather the Bucks just tank the rest of the year. I can't watch us lose our first playoff game again if we even make it that far. I get that, and I yeah. I can't. You know, I, I can't necessarily subscribe to either way because I'm a journalist. Uh, whatever happens, I'm going to report on it. Um, I, I, I'm probably, you know, by nature, not going to root against this team because I know who our audience is. And I got relationships over there. Yeah. You do too, Matt, with players, coaches, front office people that, you know, I, I don't want to see failure. I don't want to. Yeah, I know I. how hard they work. I know that these are purposeful people that are trying to put a winning product out there. And. And, and they deserve success, and it's more fun, honestly, covering a winning team than it is a losing team, right? It just yeah. is. It's You pewter people are in a great mood, and your team's winning. There's some momentum. The town feels alive. It's a cool environment. Everything's a little bit better. Co- Listen, it is. Do coaches and players, what would they rather be asked? Hey, why were you so good last game? Or, hey, why right. did you guys suck last game? Right. Clearly, they want to talk yeah. about how good that they, that yeah. they were. Versus and, like, and the locker room is more losing. full of players when they're winning. They, they kind of hide in the, in the cafeteria yeah, when they're so not. <laughs> today's a perfect example. It, I wouldn't call it a ghost town today. Yeah. Um, we did get to talk to Mike Evans and, and a couple of other guys. But right as open locker room ended and media had to go back into um, our media room, right as we were like leaving, that's when – Devin White, Antoine yep. Winfield Jr., and there was like two other defensive players that like wa- were on their way to the locker room yep. right as we were leaving. It's like ah, yep. all right, I get it. I've kind of seen it before when yeah. it's a losing team. Yeah, I it's understand just it. Right. Let me tell you though, pewter people, if you want something to root for, root for your players when you are using them in the pick'em game over at Underdog Fantasy, and you can get a first deposit bonus with Underdog using the promo code Pewter. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. If you don't know what the Pick'em game is over at Underdog Fantasy, and they got a couple of different games between uh, in-game tournaments and the the rivals aspect, but the Pick'em is really where it's at. That's where you're picking anywhere from two to five players. Got to be at least one from two different teams. And uh, you are just predicting higher or lower. You're making picks on stats like higher or lower on certain rushing yards or passing touchdowns or tackles for a defensive player. And uh, you can win up to 20 times your money, depending on the right picks that you make over at underdog fantasy. So if you're sick of the bucks as a team, but you really love Mike Evans or Rashad white, you can specifically bet on their stats at underdog fantasy. If you hate, you know, a division rival and you think, ah, their quarterback's not going to do anything. Bryce Young's not going to be able to move the ball. Bet lower on his passing yards for the game. Makes it that much more fun, especially if it's a it's crappy a game like the Vikings and the Bears the other night. The game may have stunk, but if you had some uh, personal picks on the game, makes it that much more exciting. So go to Underdog Fantasy, use the promo code Pewter, and get a first deposit bonus when you sign up with Underdog Fantasy. Yeah. Let's get to a couple of videos, man. Pick out some of the, the better ones yeah, here. Yeah, all right. Lines down. Yeah, so starting out with um, Baker Mayfield, how his ankles feeling? That's yeah. obviously been a big point of uh, discussion. Good. Both of them are good. <laughs> For me, I know this sounds kind of corny, but it's kind of a mindset. Um, tell yourself you're able to go get through it, and uh, you just kind of mind over matter. Uh, I mean, there's there's times where yeah, every injury is different. If it's going to hinder your play, I know I've mentioned that before. If it's going to hinder your play, um, you're hurting the team. So. 
there's a difference in toughing it out and, and being smart. So it's a it's a fine line you got to walk. Is it hard to come off the field though and not play? Oh yeah, yeah. For me, yeah. You want to be out there as a competitor. You want to be out there with your guys. You go through the weeks of practice, and uh, you want to be able to go out and do your best on game day. How much did it impact your mobility? Maybe not necessarily scrambling because you were able to run for a touchdown, but uh, run for a first down. But um, just moving around in in the pocket. Um, if like immediately after a little bit, but it, it eased up as the game went on. You feel like you held the ball a few times too long. There's uh the the, the sacks like there was one that I scrambled up and somebody was gonna hit me, so I slid. And it's like the zero yardage sacks, so those kind of impact those numbers. Yeah. Um, there were there were a couple definitely could have gotten the ball out quicker. Um, the empty one where it took a sack just across midfield, definitely just need to find an outlet, uh, make it easier on those guys. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of both. Find find an outlet, checking the ball down or throwing it away, and uh, just knowing when. They might have a better better call than us. Want to get to more Baker videos, but we got more Super Chats to get yep. to. So let's get to them. Spider-Man with the $1.99 Super Chat says, why do the Buccaneers hate the red jerseys? It's beyond yeah. me. If there was any week where you're going to wear the red jerseys, it would be in a 405 game, which let's right. be honest, Scott. Bucks are at 405. At 425, it is the 49ers and the Eagles. It's right. a rematch of the NFC Championship game. Yep. Nobody no one's gonna be outside watching. of Tampa and <laughs> Car- not, probably not even people in Carolina because they're still going to be partying for yeah. the Florida State game the night right. before. Hopefully Florida State wins. Nobody except for relatives of the players right. are going to be watching Bucks versus Panthers. Everybody's yeah. going to be watching uh, the 49ers-Eagles. And it's a 4 o'clock game. And the weather's been kind of chilly this uh, this week. It's going to be December, I believe. Yeah, because tomorrow's yeah. November yeah. 30th. It's going to be December it's, when this game maddening. plays. They've worn the red jersey one time this season. Yeah. It was a night game against the Eagles on Monday Night Football. Yeah, it's it's a little maddening. Um, I just wish they would they would like say, hey, in November, December, we're wearing the red at home, right? Like yeah. that's all you have to do. Uh, here's the thing: college football, man. How many times does Florida State wear garnet at home? Every time, every time, right? Whether it's a, a you know noon kickoff or whatever, they they do it. I don't understand the whole. And and, and listen, I, I I'm not a, f- a fan of the the all white look. I don't like the icy whites. I, that's not for me. If if you're the Colts and your colors are blue and white, fine, wear all yeah, white. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's but the point. But you have a pewter helmet. Put the pewter pants on and wear a white jersey or a red jersey with the pewter pants. If you want to mix it up, wear the white pants. I don't care, but have the red jersey. So. I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little and, over it. I'm I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, and I, I'm sure some nerd is going to bring up the science of like the temperature of the thing. I'm sure it plays a little bit. I, I I I'm not denying that. Yeah. But the Bucks lost 16 to 13 at home against yeah. the Falcons. You remember what the Falcons were wearing that black game? jerseys? Black yeah. jerseys with <laughs> black, black helmets. Helmets. Yeah. All right. So right. that ends the discussion right there. Moving on. Bucks Basement with the $2 Super Chat. Thank you, Bucks Basement says. Uh, beating a 1-10 team is nothing to write home about. I'm absolutely with you, but when you've lost 6-7, you got to hang on to anything. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, Paul, a.k.a. Florida Dreamhouse, thank you for this $5 Super Chat, says this team needs to retool, not rebuild. Agreed. Yep. As Bruce Arians would say, it's reloading. Uh, yeah. There is a lot to work with, plus a better-than-average quarterback. Get an, off- uh, get an head coach with an offensive mindset. Fill holes and move forward. Yeah, I agree. I think this is not going to be a blow it up off season. There will be a head coaching change. There might be a quarterback change, depending on what Baker Mayfield wants, how big of a market he has, or what the new coach wants him. 
But the, a lot of this talent is is young, developed talent that is developing from the draft, and uh, and we'll see what happens. So another draft class, they'll add more to it. They'll have some more money to spend in free agency, right? So it's it's re-signing the guys you want to keep. Uh, for me, it's Mike Evans, right? Uh, yeah. It's Chase McLaughlin, without a doubt. You found another kicker, Jason. You're two for two between Ryan Suckup and this guy. So uh, it's it, it is retool and reload more more so than rebuild, and and I think that's what's going to keep the Buccaneers competitive for years to come in the NFC South as long as they get better coaching and and, and some accountability over there in that locker room. Now, Any other uh, videos, Matt? Yeah, I was going to transition into okay. uh, you know Baker had those those comments after the game about everyone getting more pissed off and playing tougher. Um, he was kind of asked about that again today. He wants to reiterate. Um, he's not talking about anyone specifically, but yeah. these are his further comments on it. He's got to be on board. I'm fighting. I'm going to try to bring some other guys over. And then some people are like, oh, what did he mean by that? Are some guys not giving their all? Could you expound a little bit on that? It's for me, my mindset right now, and it should be for the whole team, is we're in a playoff mode mentality. We have to take care of business each week to move on um, and to get to where we want to go. And so it's a matter of. Um, we don't really have any more room to, there's no slack. I mean, we have, we have to pick up the pace. We got to have a sense of urgency about it. Um, I think now everybody realizes what's, what's at stake now um, that we have to win out. We have to win these division games uh, to get to where we want to go to get into the playoffs. And so uh, it, it's a sense of urgency. It's, it's a matter of, um, you know, guys doing all the treatment, getting everything we need to get done. Young guys stepping up and realizing that they're going to play a pivotal role in this, this final season push that we have. And uh, everybody just has to be on board. If you want to get on board with uh, with buying or selling a home, well, there's one person to call. He's your pro bowler. That is Eric Gross with the Eric Gross Group. Visit their house uh, houses and FLA website. It's a fantastic website. Check out the inventory. It's a great layout on that website, easy to navigate. And it takes a full team effort in football to win games. It's the same way in real estate. The Eric Gross Group, they've done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market. And they have the experience in all types of situations, whether you're buying or selling a home. Eric is an avid Peter Report reader, so it's great. The conversation starts there about your Tampa Bay football team. He's a Tampa native. He knows this area like the back of his hand. And more importantly, their clients are not just transactions. They become lifelong friendships. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. Let the Eric Gross Group Take the pressure off. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross Group or check out their website, housesinfla.com. Give Eric a call at 513-907-4271. No matter where you are on your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. Again, visit housesinfla.com. It's also been a lot of talk with the Bucs about holding players accountable. Is it a focus type of thing? And uh, this was Baker's answer to that one ascending yeah i mean obviously it's not what we had planned um but it, at a certain point it's um yeah just look in the mirror get get your job fixed and then try and elevate everybody else around you it's there's no secret recipe besides doing your job at the highest level possible each game it feels like at times the offense is able to move the ball but then a penalty or a drop kind of ends things is that an accountability thing do guys need to be held accountable or is that a, a focus thing um a little bit of both uh, there, there's some penalties here and there that are hurting us. Uh, obviously, the, the first drive, we're moving it pretty well. Um, and I go down, and then you have the penalty to back us up off the goal line. Uh, just things like that. And, and was that really a false start? No. But uh, just just little things that uh, you, you have to 
they can change the, tra the drive, the momentum. Uh, so you just have to be locked in at all times. It's that, it's that reset button mentality, good, bad play. You have to play the next one and your focus has to be there hundred percent. Peter people, if you're not already doing so, please follow us on our social media on X, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Peter report. Our YouTube channel is Peter report TV, where we got various podcasts, different clips, things from the Bucks facilities. So, so many awesome, great stuff. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be talking about Chris Godwin. Uh, the topic will be what's happened to Chris Godwin, not playing like a $20 million per year wide receiver. So I'm sure a lot of people have their opinions on yeah. that one for tomorrow's episode. Yeah. That's going to be folks. We, we kind of shortchanged a little bit on the on the Panthers preview. Tomorrow they're going to get into that as well. I've also put uh, my pick six preview about the Bucks Panthers game in the chat, so check that out. Uh, more Bucks Panthers coverage, plus what happened to Chris Godwin tomorrow on the Peter Report podcast. There you go. All right, that'll do it for us. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out.